Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Pump Egg, everybody. After week nine, NFL regular season officially halfway done at this point. Yep. Jared Bailey joined by Maverick Ram Sports Illustrated. Always good to see you, buddy. You as well. What's going on? A lot. Uh, AFC North has it going on right now, actually. A lot. Uh, you know, I do my, do my power rankings every week for USA Today. I have both Cincinnati and Baltimore in my top five right now. Who's more dangerous to you right now, the Bengals or the Ravens? The Bengals. Bengals. The Bengals. I mean, I understand if a Ravens fan would want to sit there and say it's the Ravens. They're 7-2. They beat the Bengals. Now, the Bengals were playing like like crap when they beat them. And Burrow had half of a leg, but they beat them. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a big show-me guy. Like, show-me. Well, I've watched this movie before with the Ravens where – they run the ball like crazy, and they get leads. And when they get leads, they just tee off on the quarterback. And they're amazing at that. They're great. They might be the best team in football over the last four years at that. When the Ravens get you down, they do not let you up. That team is great at playing that way. The problem with that is when you get in the playoffs and you face a team that can get you down by seven or ten points, I don't know that the Ravens can play that game. And we saw that in 2019 and they went 14 and two and they blew through the NFL and everybody thought they were just going to dominate Tennessee in the divisional round. And Tennessee was like, guess what? 14, nothing now beat us. <laughs> and Baltimore is basically like, yeah, we can't, I don't know. And I'll and listen, I really like Jay flowers and Mark Andrews is still a stud, but Beckham has done virtually nothing this year. Bateman has done nothing this year. And so I look at the Ravens go, look, if you're a decent defensive team, and Adam Rumo can certainly coach the hell out of a defense. And Spagnuolo's got Kansas City playing top-level football. And Fangio, I think, is going to get Miami right defensively here. Like, what are you going to do? I mean, if those teams put McDuffie or Cam Taylor-Britt or Jalen Ramsey on Zay Flowers and they bracket Andrew, like, then what? That is the concern. And you could sit there and say, well, you know, you could say that about, about Kansas City with Kelsey. True. But I've watched the Chiefs win two Super Bowls in four years, and I've seen that quarterback basically make wine out of water. I've seen Burrow go to the Super Bowl. I've seen him go to Buffalo and win playoff games, go to Kansas City and win playoff games. I've seen, I saw that guy get sacked 70 times in a season and go to a Super Bowl. <laughs> I respect Baltimore, but I think Cincinnati's the team that I look at and I think is probably the team that's more dangerous in January. I agree. Um, I will say this, though. The Ravens also seem to be like a really bad matchup for the Bengals, though, too. Like we saw last year in the playoff game where they could bully him up front. Yeah. And yeah. they are, they're a fumble away last year from beating that Bengals team. So if they end up facing each other, saying like the wild card round, I still think the Bengals would win. But the way that Mike McDonald's defense is clicking right now, with like it's not like they've got studs up front. Like it's, it's Jadeveon Clowney. Matavike right. is really good. And Kyle Van, but it's Kyle Van Noy as well, who's like been a really big factor for them. And credit to Mike, to Mike McDonald for having the defense looking the way it does, though, too. 
No, credit to them. They, they've been great defensively. Um, they've been absolutely spectacular. They're, they're first in the league in, in yards per play allowed, um, net yards per attempt in the passing game. They're first. Uh, you know, they, they're a team. They they do a lot of things to you. You know, they've got 13 takeaways, which is top 10, um, tied with Cleveland. Do you, do you know Stone leads the NFL with six interceptions, which wait, nobody wait, could have seen seven, coming? What's that? I think now he doesn't have seven. Does he have seven now? He had, he had one last game. I thought maybe – no, you're right, six. You're right. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's funny. When you look at him sack-wise, I mean, Matabuke has been amazing at seven and a half. Mm. Nobody else – and Van Noy has five. He had, you know, so Van Noy had two in consecutive plays against the Seahawks. I mean, is that going to keep going? I mean, if it does, yeah. then, you know, okay. Um, the thing about Baltimore that's very interesting – and does give me a little pause with them. They lead the league in sacks, 35. Great job by them. Well, they lead what? the league in sacks? They lead the league in sacks. Baltimore. I didn't know that. No, that's great. They're one, I believe, Kansas City second. Okay. Do you know what where they rank in pressure rate? The fact that you're asking me means that it's probably low. 28th. So, that's absurd. The 28th in the league in pressure rate, and they lead the league in sacks. Like, they, they have a lower pressure rate than the Raiders, than the Colts, than the Panthers. I mean, so if you look tell at that, if just the fact that if they get, once they do get pressure, they're finishing, or just the fact that. Yeah, it tells you they're an unbelievable clip. It also tells you that if that pressure rate doesn't improve at some point, that's probably falling off a cliff. I mean, yeah. like the Chiefs are second in the league in pressure, or excuse me, in sacks. They're tied for mm. second with the Chargers. They're first in pressure rate. Mm. But that tells you, like, okay, that that should correlate. I mean, that should – the Chargers are second in the league in sacks along with Kansas City. They're one of the worst teams in the league in pressure rate. Yeah. So, at some point, you you would think that that would kind of level up. Now, it's also because the Chargers have had two massive sack output games against the, the Jets and the and the Raiders. That's also part of it. Um, but, no, I think you've got to give credit where it's due. Baltimore – but like, Baltimore is dead last in hurry rate in the NFL. Dead last, two point eight percent of the time, and they lead the league in sacks. So, I guess my my point is, I think they're a very good team. I think defensively, they're right now playing a little bit out over their skis. We'll see. Yeah, find out. In terms of the Bengals, though, too, they're coming off consecutive wins against the 49ers and the Bills. Joe Burrow's got five touchdowns, no interceptions in those games. Right, and. The, the thing that you and I talked about throughout the season is, look, get to the bye. Just get to the bye at 500, and then if Burrow's healthy, then we'll see what they can do. Well, we've seen it. They're 5-3. and three. They beat two of the best teams in the league. They look as unstoppable as anybody. Uh, and maybe that's all it took. I, I don't think he's going to be like 100%, quote-unquote, throughout the year. But right now, if 85% Joe Burrow looks like this, then I, I like their odds. He looks pretty damn good, by the way. Apologies for the head and shoulders commercial that was playing on Pro Football. Yeah, that was exciting. That was fun. That was good. Um, if this is Joe Burrow at 85, 90%, I'd hate to see him at 100% for the rest of the NFL. I mean, he has been cooking against Buffalo and, and San Francisco. He had one more incompletion against San Francisco than he did touchdown passes. Yeah. So that's where you are with that. Look, to me right now, they're the biggest threat to Kansas City in the AFC. And you could even argue they're playing better in Kansas City right now. I, you know, I, I don't know how that shakes in January. It's a long way away. And I hate to get into the whole, like, well, which team's the best team in week 10? Like, you really do hate that a lot, don't you? It's stupid. <laughs> it's just dumb. 
Like right now, Philadelphia's not playing that great. Cool. You want to bet against them in the NFC? Yeah. You know, that, that that's why I hate it. You, you get the whole like, well, I'll tell you right now, I'd put Baltimore at the top of really? Like, do you like as much as I respect the way Baltimore is playing, like, do you really think they're beating Kansas City an hour ahead in the playoff game? No. Uh yeah. You think they're beating Cincinnati in a playoff game? Because if you don't, then what the hell's the point of sitting here and being like that team's the best team in week 10? Look, I think Baltimore and San Francisco and whoever you want to throw out there, right? Miami, all those teams are really good football teams. They're all capable of making a run January. You'd be a fool to say they're not. But I don't think that changes, at least, in fact, it doesn't change my opinion that I think right now, the two teams that are most likely to make a run toward Super Bowl 58 are the teams that were in Super Bowl 57. Mm. Like those two teams to me are not even playing well by their standards, and they're 17 and three combined. Yeah. And they're going to see each other next Monday night. I'll be there. I'll be at Arrowhead for that game. Like, they're not even playing well. Philadelphia just gave up over almost 500 yards against Dallas and beat them, mostly because Dallas also is Dallas. Yeah. And then the Chiefs showed up for a half of football. And they basically forgot that there were 30 more minutes and still beat Miami. Like, that's where I look at teams and I go, I don't care that the Eagles lost to the Jets. I just don't care. And I don't care if the Chiefs lost to the Broncos because in the end, those teams are going to be there. I have questions about Baltimore. I have questions about the Niners, although I do think the Niners are going to make a deep run. The Bengals, I don't have as many questions about if Burrow's healthy. He's fine. The Dolphins, you have to have questions, right? I mean, can they win a game against a good team? They have three that cracks. Was, I was going to bring that up to you because right now they haven't beat a team with a, with a winning record. They have been outscored by 49 points in those three games. And like, fair or not, that's going to be the narrative. Like, okay, that's great that you can run up the score against like FCS Midwest and whomever right, they matter. beat, but doesn't it doesn't matter. matter. And look, I mean, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people argue back and forth that the narrative, like, does it matter? Yeah, of course it matters. I mean, yeah. They're not going to be playing the Panthers in a playoff game. Yeah, it matters. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is there's a reason the scoreboard works in the NFL, right. and there's a reason that the playoffs are what everybody gets you know gets excited for. They they try to get to. I mean, nobody cares about hey, did you win in week five when you're sitting there on January 10th? Right? It's are you good enough to win now? Miami has dominated. Six mediocre to bad teams this year. Guess what? When they played three really good ones, and you can even argue right now with Buffalo what's going on there, although Buffalo's playing very well at the time, they've gotten they've gotten smoked. The Eagles beat them up. The Bills crushed them. The Chiefs were up 21-0 at halftime. I mean, that game, oh, I'll give Miami credit. They came back, made a game, but like, I mean, they, they ended up losing, you know, by a touchdown and, and not even covering the spread. Like, at some point, if you're Miami, you got to win those games. And I, yeah. I laid out my column over at SI. Like, uh, actually, no, I laid it out in my quarterback rankings to come out on Thursday. To his numbers, I don't have them right in front of me, but against those six teams, I guess, well, they played New England twice, so five teams, in those six games they've played subpar competition, his numbers are unbelievable. Right. He's thrown something like 16 touchdowns and three picks against those three good teams. Not great. Like, a little over six yards in attempt, and I think it's three touchdowns and two picks. And I'm not saying it's all on him, but, like, 
If you're going to beat Mahomes and Burrow and potentially Lamar and Allen and Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs, like you got to come with it, man. Like throwing for a couple hundred yards and a touchdown, that's not getting it done. And so, of course, all that stuff matters. That narrative's fair. And we might as well talk about Buffalo because, you know, a few weeks ago, we kind of laid it out for the Bills. Like, hey, you got to wake the hell up because it isn't getting any easier. And you talked about, okay, well, you know, week five matter. Well, for a team like Buffalo who lost two games that they absolutely should have won in week five or week one and week seven, you know, I think right now – they're looking at themselves and wishing, oh, man, we really shouldn't have dicked around and lost in week one. We shouldn't have dicked around and lost in week seven. Because now, instead of being seven and two, which they very well could and should be, they're five and four with a hell of a second half schedule in front of them. They got Denver on Monday Night Football. That should be a win. After that, okay, they host the Jets, who already beat them. Then in the next three weeks, they go to Philadelphia. Then they have their bye. And then they go to Arrowhead. And then they still have uh, New England again. Miami again, Dallas. It's not an easy second half schedule. And with their record the way it is right now and the way the AFC is right now, you're going to have to win, what, five of those to really guarantee a playoff spot? Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's fair. They get to 10. Look at that. I, I, look, if you said to me, you got to bet your life one way or the other, like I would pick them to make the playoffs and, and figure it out. Me too. But they have real problems some of which are self-inflicted, some of which they have no control over. Their defense is not their fault. Milano got hurt. Daquan Jones got hurt. Travis White got hurt. If I took three players of that caliber out of anybody's defense. They fall off, yep. I mean, come on. It is what it is, okay? Now, the bigger problem, with apologies to the EPA legion who just every single thing can be boiled down to some number (laughs) with a decimal point. (laughs) Their offense stinks. Yeah. Okay. Spare me, spare me the whole. Well, you know, if you look at their expected, blah, 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 blah. how about we look at what their actual output is? They can't score a point until there's five minutes left in the game. Yeah. Like, I don't care what this guy's expected, you know, points added is and what his completion percentage over expected. Who cares? What is actually happening on the football field? The next person is like, well, they're point differential. Yeah, because they beat the piss out of Washington and the Raiders. That's where the point differential is. I don't care. In hockey right now, your Penguins stink. But they They score by like 37 goals. So they got a plus (laughs) differential. They still stink. The Sharks are just worse. Right? right now, Now, the Bills do not stink. But the Bills right now are playing like a pretty slightly above average football team. Nick's fair. Like Allen is being asked to do everything. And the problem with that is while he's capable of it, he also, like most people, struggles with turning the ball over in spots like that. And he turns the ball over a lot. He had another bad pick against Cincinnati, right? Ended up not costing him points, but another bad pick. Allen cannot do this all by himself. The only quarterbacks in the NFL, I really feel like, look, if you pretty much give them nothing, they can still figure it out. Prime Mahomes and Burrow. That's it. Everybody else in the league, like, they need some semblance of help. Okay, go ask Justin Herbert. You need help. Just do. Most guys do, even the great quarterbacks. Most of them do. It is to a point with Buffalo where you can't look at their offense and feel good. I mean, it's Stephon Diggs and what exactly? I mean, Gabe Davis is a wanted poster every other week for him. 
I was just about to say that because a few weeks ago when you came on, we were talking about like the, the issues on offense. And I, and I wrote about this already. Like this was a typical Bills loss, a very typical Bills loss no where way. the offense can't do anything. And you already pointed out, yes, the defense is struggling. Um, it's not their fault. But when they are missing the people that they're missing, they hold Cincinnati to 24 points. You got to get more from the offense. And again, Gabe Davis did did his thing where it, against Tampa Bay in week eight, he had eight catches, looked like Jerry Rice. And then this week he looks like a Subway sandwich employee. He didn't have a catch. And Gabe, Gabe Davis in the last four weeks, in the last four weeks, he had one game, he had nine catches for 87 and a touchdown. Nine catches, okay. In the other three weeks in that stretch, has four catches on 11 targets for 27 yards. Now I'm going to cut it, bro. I mean, there are fullbacks in the league who have done more than that in the passing <laughs> game. Like, it, it's ridiculous. For the year, he's got 434 yards. Like, who cares? It is nice, though, for them that, like, so Allen had 26, 26 completions. Kincaid had 10 catches. Stephon Diggs had six. So, like, like, they're starting to really utilize him more, but they don't have – like, it's a severe drop. Like, it's one thing if, you know, you look at the Bengals situation. They have depth in places that, that the Bills don't. Like, it wasn't necessarily about Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. It was about the tight ends. It was about Tanner Hudson. It was about Irv Smith who combined for 10 catches and two touchdowns. The Bills aren't getting that type of production out of, you know, their fifth and sixth options. They're just not. The dirty secret with Buffalo. They haven't drafted well for like four years. I mean, now, now I'm not obviously talking about this specific like current class because Kincaid looks like he's a pretty good player and then Torrance yeah. might work out. But like on the whole, they haven't drafted well. Nope. Kyrie Young's a disaster. Which, by the way, I oddly got into an argument with a Bill fan on Twitter today who was like, no, he's actually really good. They just make him inactive. And the guy was serious. It's like, okay, man, sure. Um, Kyrie Young can't play. He's not yeah. an NFL player. Okay. Why did they hold on to him, by the way? Uh, who's who's trading for him? I mean, I mean, there was you know murmurs and stuff. Like, oh, maybe they'll move Kyrie Elam. I, I, I don't know, know, man. Seventh, like, I mean, sure. Better than, better than not playing him. But I mean, it's just you know, they are old and expensive because they haven't drafted well, and so you've got to hold on to these guys and keep going back to the well. Like, look, I think Buffalo has enough talent that it can get up off the deck and it can win ten games. But I'm being blunt. They're not. They're not beating Cincinnati and Kansas City. I don't think they're beating Baltimore. They don't have the goods, man. Like the only chance they have of that is Allen having one of those days who's just absolutely out of his mind. Right. You're not doing that four weeks straight. I mean, when I look at their schedule, Philly on the road, as you mentioned, they're not beating Philly. There's no way to beat Philly in that game. Kansas City for all Kansas City's offensive issues, they're not beating Kansas City. Kansas City's just going to bracket Diggs, big beat us. Because anywhere else, you know, at Miami without Milano and White and Jones, like if that game means anything, Miami's going to score a whole bunch of points in that game. I still think, yeah, they probably figure – like, look, they play week 16 at SoFi against the Chargers. That's probably a de facto playoff game. Yep. Because I think Cleveland's going to get to 10 wins if you look at their schedule. Oh, man, I don't know. I understand their schedule's bad, but so are they. But they was great. Their defense is great, though. Yep. Yeah, and look, they're the kind of team I think they're cannon fodder in a playoff game against somebody who's good. <laughs> but like, they're kind of like listen, not the bat. They're kind of like the Steelers were years ago and then went to Arrowhead. 
Yeah. Yep, yep. That team had no business being in the playoffs, but like the defense did everything imaginable to get them there. And then the yeah. Chiefs were like, that's nice. And then just blew their doors off for 60 minutes. I mean, I think that's what Cleveland essentially is. By the but, way, I think that's exactly what's going to happen to the Steelers again this year because they, they're probably going to be a 9 10 win team. Absolutely destroyed. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I've been telling that to Steelers fans the past two days. Dude, I, um, I read an all 22 column every Wednesday, and mm-hmm. I hate to do it, but I've gone back to the well. I, I This is the second straight week I've highlighted a throw by Kenny Pickett. Well, oh, let me guess which one it was because there's a few of them on my mind. It was either the crosser to Pickens or it was the the one that he just ground balls to Allen Robinson in the end zone. Yeah, it was the first one. Yeah, okay. If he hit Pickens in stride, he's still running. Yep, yep. And my point was, you can get on Matt Cannon all you want. Like, a lot of times that's fair. I'm not saying it's not. That was a perfect call. They caught Tennessee in a six-man pressure. They had the safety on the other side of the field because he was initially over Pickens, but then Pickens mm-hmm. crossed. Pickens beat a rookie corner clean across his face. I mean, bro, if, if Pickett puts that ball on him, George Pickens has one guy that's kind of sort of beat, and it, he's out the gate for 73 yard yeah. touchdown. He threw the ball like six feet over his head. He threw like he was throwing to Wemby. It's, it's just like you can't, you cannot win like that. Now, look, I think Cleveland or Pittsburgh, I, frankly, I think Cleveland will do it. But like one of them is going to make the playoffs. Whoever wins that seventh seed is just getting absolutely blasted into the sun by Baltimore or the Bengals yep. or the Chiefs or whoever. Okay. But yeah, the, but the Bills, as far as they're concerned, man, like I don't think the defense is getting better because they're just not going to get reinforcements. These guys are out for the mm-hmm. season. The offense has to step up. And everybody – it's the same thing I always say about your Steelers. Everybody can blame Ken Dorsey all they want. Ken Dorsey's not the one throwing asinine interceptions every game. Sure. Hey, now, you want to say that Ken Dorsey is the one who calls like three designed runs every game? That's fine. I, and, and like I say about Canada, he deserves blame yeah. for his failures. But I think a lot of fans, it's like easier to blame one guy than it is to blame six. So it's like, well, him, he's the reason. He's the guy. No, like, yes, Ken Dorsey's not great. What are you going to do? You putting James Brady? I saw James Brady in Carolina. I got to tell you, not exactly the offensive genius that I think everybody thought he was when he came out of college. So, Buffalo's got to they got to get some more balance. They've got to continue to utilize Kincaid. Davis has to decide that, that he'd like to actually play football every week. And then they go. Because if that doesn't happen, if Davis doesn't play, this thing doesn't work. Because mm-hmm. then you just double things and say, fine, beat me. Even if Kincaid has 10 catches for, what, 80 yards? Who cares? Yeah. You know, so it, it right now they're at a crisis point. They play Denver on Monday night. Denver's off a bye. They've won two straight. They sh- the Bills should absolutely yoke Denver. Yeah. And yet there's part of me that expects that to be a one-score game with five minutes left. Like We're, we're going to see. I If, if I'm a Bill, I got to see the Bills come out and play football for 60 minutes. And not, not even not like that Bucks game where they should have blown them out, but they're hanging around and hanging around. And like God, if Godwin turned around a half second earlier, would have caught it. Like, you got to get going. Now's the time. It's November. It's, it's, it's time to make a move. Yeah, and, you know, we were talking about the Browns and the Steelers and whatnot. It's – AFC North is really deep, but whomever does come out of that, it's – they're oddly parallel with each other right now. Where the defense – like, the Steelers, like, 
raw numbers by themselves aren't good, but that's because they're on the field for 40 minutes a game. Um, but and not to come back to EPA or anything like that, but EPA wise for their defense, they are a top 10 unit um, when it comes to slowing down offenses best, as best as they can. But and Tomlin talked about it in his presser today because um, somebody had asked him about the poor offensive performance from Pickett. Um, and he's and he said something snarky. He's I like, oh, it looks pretty good in the fourth quarter. It's like, okay, Mike, that's awesome. Good luck going into the wild card round with that type of formula, expecting your team to hold Kansas City to less than 20 points and Kenny Pickett to have one good drive per game. Let's see how that works out for you, fella. I, it is a little bit mind-numbing. Well, I mean, listen, you know what? I get it. If you're Tom, you're, you're just, I mean, what else are you going to say? Sure. I mean, you got you to grasp at something, but he knows the truth. Like in a playoff game, they'll be down 35 to 7 in the fourth quarter. And yeah. be, like, that's the one thing I always laugh when people are like, well, Look at how they're winning these games. They're hanging, and it's not just Pittsburgh, like Cleveland too. It's like it's it's not just them. There's like three or four teams. Look at how they're hanging in there. Oh, they're just winning ugly. And it's like that's fine if you're Kansas City or you're Philly, and it's there's all the evidence in the world that like those teams can just go bip and then score fifty. Like fine. If you're the Browns, I don't want to hear like, hey, it doesn't matter that Deshaun Watson threw for a buck ten because you know, Jim <laughs> bro, in the playoffs, like. I'll try how I can say it succinctly because I don't. Well, uh, let me put it this way too. What, what you think. There's a large difference, a large difference between hanging around with a really good team. Like if they had beaten, let's say, like Kansas City, if the Steelers had won that Thursday night game the way they did against the Chiefs, I'm ecstatic. You had to come back in the fourth quarter against a really bad Titans team who is playing a rookie quarterback in his second career start, who, by the way, looks better than your quarterback has so far. That's what pisses me off is that people are so ecstatic. I mean, as a Steelers fan, at least. That there's fans who are, you know, trying to, you know, come at me and you're like, oh, but they they keep winning. They keep right. Dude, okay. If you have to, you shouldn't have to come back against a Titans team with Will Levis at quarterback. That's the whole point here. Yeah. No, it's fair. I guess, and what I was trying to say earlier is I think, like, if you're the class of the NFL, if you're Philly, if you're San Francisco, if you're Kansas City, if you're a healthy Cincinnati team, when teams play you, you are their measuring stick. Every mm-hmm. week, whoever plays you is jacked up to the hilt. If they're a good team, it's a measuring stick. If they're a bad team, it's their whole season. It's a Super Bowl. And those teams know if they don't play well, they're going to get their asses kicked. So there is pressure and incentive, and those coaches are putting together their A-plus game plan, and they're throwing everything at them to have a shot. In Philadelphia, in Kansas City, in San Francisco, and Cincinnati, are like, who are we playing? What's going on? Oh, we're playing Denver. Okay, that's fine. And that's how a couple of weeks ago, Denver earholed Kansas City. Yeah. Because Denver was like, we've lost 15 straight, and this means the world to us. And the Chiefs got off the plane. I'm like, what the hell? What city are we in? And <laughs> I mean, but here's the problem in January, those good teams, they're as jacked up as the other team. Yeah. That's the problem. Like, the, like the, the the Eagles don't get off the bus and go. Are we in Washington? Where the hell are we? They're like, guess what? You're in Philly now. Come bring it. Like, you know, or 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 Cleveland walks into Kansas City in the divisional round, and the Chiefs are just frothing at the mouth because they've been waiting for this since June. Okay, and the Browns are like, this is great. We're in the divisional round. The Chiefs are like, our season starts today, right? Like, that's the difference. And I think sometimes people lose that in the week to week. Like everybody is always like, well, they're professional, you know. Yeah, sure. They're also human. 
And, you know, if you think you're going to just crush some team, you know, the other team's jacked up for the game, it's probably going to be closer than you think. But in the playoffs, that doesn't happen. In the playoffs, the really, really good team, they're also very ready for that game. And so that's why that's why when you get these, like, seven seed, like when the Mitchell Trubisky Bears make the playoffs and they got to play somebody good, that other team's like, yeah, guess what? Here it comes. And it's over in the middle of the first quarter. You know, that's that's why that happens. How much of that is part of it, too, do you think? Like like the Chiefs game you, you pointed out with, with Denver, where, like, for – I don't want to say this, but like the Chiefs, like this is basically just their dress rehearsal. How much of it do you think is like, okay, yeah, we'll go, we'll go play. We're gonna, we're gonna, you know, treat it. You know, we're not gonna not care about it. But yeah, you pointed out like if it was a playoff game, it would obviously have gone well, very differently. I, I think, and it's not just Chiefs Denver, that's the example, but Baltimore had a game earlier this year against like Gardner Minshew that they lost. Yeah, where they just looked like hell. Okay. I think there are certain times in the year especially this time of the year it's kind of like the like in baseball you have the dog days of summer like mm-hmm. it's, it's, you're not early when you're excited you're not late when you're revving up like you're just kind of in the middle and you're getting through it and i think like for that chiefs broncos game the chiefs aren't going to pull out a bunch of plays that like they're sitting on for january right they don't, they don't care they, they they look at it I, I mean they care that they win i mean i'm not saying they don't care that they win but they're not they're not going to pull out every stop in the world to beat Denver. Their game plans like, all right, look, we're going to do enough to beat Denver. Now they didn't that. Yeah. They exited five turnovers. I was at the other game against Denver on that Thursday night. They ran the offense like it was the preseason. I mean, they basically were like on a handoff out and then like occasionally I'll have Tony throw a pass for fun. We'll put that <laughs> on tape. We'll run a fake field goal because we'll put that on tape. And if we re- and we don't get it, who cares? Because Denver's just going to go three and out anyway. Like, there is an element of that. And then they went and played Miami. And if you've watched Chiefs all year long, as I have, the first drive of that game, not one of those plays did they run all year long, and they went like lightning down the field, 7 to nothing. And then as the game went on and they got up more and more, they started to pull it back and pull it back. Because I guarantee you, in their heads, they're like, if we see them again, yeah. we're not going to show them these 15 plays that we thought we may need today. Screw it. We'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll win the game another way. There's danger in that because – like. I'll, I'll leave it at this. Last year, Kansas City played Cincinnati in the regular mm-hmm. show. And I could not understand for the life of me why Steve Spagnuolo, if you watch that tape, did nothing but play coverage. They didn't adjust whatsoever that did game. Nothing. I mean, they didn't change at all. They didn't have one exotic pressure. They sat there, and Cincinnati, who was two games behind them in the standings, beat them. And you walked away from that game. If, if you're a fan of the Chiefs, going, what the hell? Like, what? They then came out in the AFC Championship game and unleashed full-blown hell for 60 minutes. Like, every, I don't think they played cover two in that game once. All, like, blitzing off the crazy stuff. Like, guys coming out of the secondary, double this guy, double that guy, rotate over. They didn't care. I, I mean, they wanted to win, but they – so I shouldn't say didn't care. That's the wrong terminology. They weren't willing to open up their entire playbook to win that right. game. They just weren't. And I guarantee you, this Philly-Kansas City game, everybody thinks is going to be incredible. How much you want to bet in this game? Both these teams are like, you know what? It'd be nice to win, but whatever. <laughs> you think, no, they might see each other in February. They're not going to empty the, 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 the tank in this game. Philadelphia's bet the under on that game? Is that what you're saying? Philadelphia's, yeah, I would say that. 
Philadelphia is going to absolutely go. We already won the East. We got a multi-game lead yeah. you know, for the for the ones. We're good. The Chiefs are going to go. Eh, it's a non-conference game, and if we lose, we're probably going to roll the rest of the schedule, say for maybe Cincinnati. So, like, you know what? We're good. And you're going to see a whole lot of just, hey, man, you know what would be good here? A little stick nod concept, a sale route, like Sirianni. It's just going to be a whole lot of like, eh, DeAndre Swift for four. And yep. they're not because they know. They're like, you have, how stupid would you be to unload your entire playbook in that game? And then it's you're like in the And the other team's like, man, we saved up 40 plays for you. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, we put it on tape for week 12 in a, in a game that, is exciting because we're both really good, but like, yeah. eh, how much does it really matter? You know, so I, yeah, that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. I think that's a great way to look at it. Um, we'll get on out of here then. I always appreciate you coming on, buddy. What's uh, what's coming for the uh, for you on this week? All 22 on Wednesday, breaking down three plays from the week. Uh, quarterback rankings on Thursday. Have I, our AFC grades out today that I wrote up. NFC grades by Gilberto Manzano. Have the MMQ, MMQB podcast going out. Uh, well, we're recording it tomorrow. Go out probably tomorrow night. Um, and then Friday, matchups to watch. And Sunday, um, I have my running column. It goes all day long. The second the games are over, I have my reaction for what it means. Big picture for both teams. So, I encourage you to check that out. It's on the front page of SI.com. And, of course, you can find all that stuff on my Twitter feed as well. Uh, you know, I put CJ Stroud in the thumbnail for this, so I'd be remiss if I didn't at least talk about him right real quick before we go. Uh, he's currently on pace to have the highest touchdown-interception ratio in NFL history, and he's on pace to break the rookie passing yards record. He looks fantastic coming off a big okay. game. He looks great. Uh, just quick thoughts on him and Houston maybe being a frisky team to make a run at that seven seed. Read my all 22. He's in it. All right. There you go. There's your teaser, everybody. Um, I think Houston's a year away from the playoffs, but they're a tough sure. out. And they're going to win some games. They remind me a lot of the Lions these past couple of years, like especially yeah. last year. Yeah, just like, that's a good call. That's exactly they, right. yep. they might not win 12 games, but they're going to beat the piss out of you for 60 minutes and make you remember that you played them. So I love them. I think they're the most fun team in the NFL right now. Um, and I, I wrote a piece as well on CJ Stroud that's up on USA Today right now. I'm going to be doing a piece on the Dolphins and what we just talked about, actually. They're, you know, the inefficiencies when it comes to beating teams with winning records, what their numbers look like in those cases. Uh, behind the steel curtain, all the Steelers stuff, you can hear me bitch and moan about the offense. If you, if you would so much like, go read that stuff. Matt, I always love talking to you, buddy. I will talk to you very soon. Hey, you got it. No problem. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Pontic. We'll see you Friday for the Best Bet Show with Ben Heisler. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.